Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, the home of powerful conversations. I'm Elliot Reeves and my guest today is Lisa Williams. Lisa is a world-renowned psychic medium, author, speaker, healer and spiritual teacher. As a child, you began to realise that you had an ability to see things that others couldn't. This would become your gift. In 2004, you were discovered by American television host, media mogul and creator of Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, Merv Griffin. This led to the commissioning of your own hit US TV shows, Lisa Williams' Life Among the Dead and Voices from the Other Side, which aired on Lifetime TV, as well as Lisa Williams Live. You've since been watched across the world using your supernatural abilities to speak with the dearly departed and send messages to the living. You've made countless other TV appearances and have featured in shows such as Oprah, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Good Morning America, Anderson Cooper 360, Keeping Up with the Kardashians and Studio 10. You're the founder of the Lisa Williams International School of Spiritual Development, as well as Soul Connections, a network of chosen spiritual advisors. You're also the author of several books, including Life Among the Dead, the survival of the soul, I speak to dead people can you and divine wisdom. Today you can be found online and off, on tour and in your classes using your gift to bring comfort and healing to others. Lisa, it's incredible to have you here. Welcome to the show. Oh my God, what an introduction. Thank you. <laughs> you can travel around the world introducing me. <laughs> but thank you. Oh, you're absolutely uh, welcome. You made me think back to the early days, actually, of, yeah. of all of that and just how much you actually do. I don't think you realise you just get wrapped up in the whole day. So it's kind of. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a truly incredible journey. I've done a fair amount of research. Um, and I mean, your hairstyle certainly changed dramatically <laughs> in that time. <laughs> I know. I had a moment today going, all right, so should we go straight? Should we? And whereas previously I didn't have the choice, it was either stuck up yeah. and like a skunk. <laughs> so it was funny. Yeah, it really was. But that, I think you, we change as we as we morph through life. So Definitely. Yeah. Very much so. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I can't wait to hear about it. So, I mean, we're, we're based in Edinburgh, obviously, as the show would uh, tell you. What sort of energy or sort of aura, if you like, do you feel when you're in this city? So this is my third time in Edinburgh. Right, okay, um, I wasn't sure. Maybe so. fourth time, actually. <laughs> and I have to tell you, um, I've been around the world, I've been around the globe, yeah. and Edinburgh has a vibe for me where, in fact, me and my best friend are here right now, and we both looked at each other and we went, we just love this place. It's hmm. just got, it's multicultural one all right mm -hmm. so that's that's perfect it's also got such a spiritual vibe it has such a historical vibe as well i mean yeah. the castle everything mm. um it's just incredible and we're going to go and do a bit of touristy things later so <laughs> it is uh, we love it we love coming here so when i'm ever invited to come back to edinburgh there is no shadow of a doubt i'm like absolutely yeah. absolutely i'm coming <laughs> <laughs> so i love it i love edinburgh it's one of my favorite places brilliant mm -hmm. well edinburgh is delighted to have you oh, here thanks, thanks. <laughs> so if we can go back to you know your early life and your childhood I mean if you can just sort of set the scene and maybe go into a bit of detail as to what, what that was like so in my early years obviously growing up in England um, although I live in America now mm -hmm. um, it was a very normal life you know we had a council house really we, it was a classic <laughs> two point well, we didn't have the dog, but 2.2 .2 kids and a, a, the family. Yeah. You know, I, I grew up in the recession. You know, I, it was funny because we were watching, uh, we was watching the Elton John Rocketman recently and I turned to my mom, who's currently in the States looking after my kids. 
and there's a there's an image where they're all pushing this car to start down the road and i went mom do you remember that you know it's just like we grew mm -hmm. up in the recession we couldn't have my dad's battery fixed you know so we would always part you know send the car i think it was a starter motor you know push the car yeah, to start really? and you know just the normal thing i i never grew up with a silver spoon it was just i was re we're really working class mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and, but my grandmother was my grandmother was a big influence because she was also a medium, which is obviously what I do. Mm -hmm. And but I never wanted to follow that track. I never wanted to follow that track at all. But it was just such a simple life, and I'm very thankful for what I had, in or probably didn't have, you know, because in many ways it's made me more grateful for where I'm going and the opportunities that present themselves now. Mm. It's made me so much more grateful in in seeing the world in a different, with a different set of eyes. Yes. Um, you know, as opposed to my son who is 19, who's always lived in somewhat of a public life. Hmm. And it's been, it's a very different concept to him, although he's still been taught the word no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, that's really interesting. And, you know, compared to where you are now, mm -hmm. um, it gives you, I suppose, a really good sense of perspective. I think it's important to to actually have that perspective because yes. when if you've been brought up with in a you know we if you if I've, I'd have lived in a very prestigious area, I don't think anyone I wouldn't have really understood the concept of how money can come, money can go, working hard, working hard to get to where you are, mm. and. To be honest with you, as you said, you know, the TV mogul, um, Merv Griffin, mm -hmm. literally handed me a golden ticket to America. <laughs> and it was handed to me on a silver platter. And I think in many, in many ways, a lot of things that have actually come to me since then were handed to me on a silver platter. I had to work hard and I've had to create a brand and I've had to create the things. And trust me, writing a book is not easy, yeah. but <laughs> I've had to work hard at those opportunities that have been given to me. Mm -hmm. But if I hadn't have had, I think, that background with, that my parents helped me with, mm -hmm. I don't think I would have had the appreciation of yeah. where I am, am now. Mm -hmm. And the appreciation of the support that I've had, because I've had the support from millions and millions of people around the world, which I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. But it's the support of my best friend, my my family, my brother, my who doesn't really support my gift, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but but my my mom and dad, the mm. the people, the core people that help you get and support you to get to where you are now. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it it was, it was uh, it's beautiful when you think back on it and the actual challenges that you face and how you've changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, it really is actually. <laughs> What is your earliest memory of your, what I suppose you now call your gift? Yeah, I think my earliest memory, in fact, it's funny because you just triggered me to go back. I always try whenever I get interviewed to trigger myself back into that moment. Hmm. Um, and it's not very easy to do so, but right then you just triggered me to go back. And I remember lying on my bed and seeing this, these hands and faces coming out of the wall. We lived in an old council flat in, in Birmingham, mm -hmm. uh, just outside the city. And I, I had Holly Hobby on my walls, which, <laughs> you know, Holly Hobby is so old. I don't know uh, what that is. No, exactly. I mean, it's like so 1970s. <laughs> okay. Google it is all I'm going to say. <laughs> uh, before Google, we had Holly Hobby. <laughs> anyway, but I had these, these like pictures on my wall. And it's just like this character, this, this you know, cartoon character. 
And Holly Hobby was coming out of the wall out there, and I, I could, I was like, my imagination was so vivid. And my mum and dad used to say to me, you know, it's just your imagination, Lisa, it's just your imagination. So then they, just to pacify me, they moved me into my brother's room who had Action Man. All right, so of course Action Man was following me then. <laughs> and you, I'm sure you know what Action Man is. Yes, okay. I do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, um, but all of these faces used to come out the walls, and suddenly they started to talk to me. And my mum and dad thought I was absolutely cuckoo crazy. But I do remember, I think my earliest memory, and it's funny because it's only just come back to me, is since I remember we were in a flat and we had a massive window and I was standing looking at, my mum had the curtains closed like you have here. And I was looking at, and my mum said, come away because it's rude. And I said, well, why? And, they, and I could see all these flowers. And we were on the third floor, I could see all these flowers down there. And I, and I was waving at this man who was standing there and he was waving at me. And I was waving back at him. And he said, who are, she said, who are you waving at? I said, that man down there. She said, there's no man down there. And it must have been the guy's funeral. Oh, wow. And I was waving at him. And then, so, and then there was something else that happened. Um, this man used to come at me and say, don't eat your peas, you'll die. Oh no, this is so funny. And I'm known for this story. So little round green peas have haunted me for my entire life. And I used to say, Mum, there's this, there's this man standing in my corner of my room telling me not to eat my peas because I'll die. Don't be so silly, Lisa, you know, normal ch whack, yeah. you're being silly. And then before I know it, you know, I have this phobia about these peas. I mean, seriously, I'm 46 almost, and you can flick a pea at me, I'll go running. It's like a mouse going across the floor. I'm so pathetic. <laughs> I need to get the peas away. <laughs> I know. And then it was so funny because about 12 years ago, no, probably 13 years ago, my dad said to me, Lisa, what is it about your pea phobia? I said, I don't know. Now, bearing in mind my dad is skeptic, he said, you know, your father's great uncle died choking on peas. <laughs> Did you ever think to tell me, Dad? I mean, seriously. Oh my God. So those are my earliest things that I remember. Yeah. Um, and I remember astral traveling, and I remember, you know, I remember astral traveling and finding my dad on a golf course. And, and then I woke up the following day and I said to my mum, I said, was dad on the golf course last night? She said, yeah, how did you know? And it was actually because, you know, he'd put, he'd put us all to bed and then he'd, he'd have really just gone up the road just to hit a few balls because he was an avid golfer. And there was a place, like a little field that he used to go to. And apparently he went out after night and, and I asked or traveled to it. It was weird. So really I, weird. I, I'm definitely going to be skipping ahead here in, in terms of the, the questioning, but how, how do you now go about sort of understanding that or explaining it? How's that um, possible? I guess really in my world, it's always been normal for me. Yeah. So I, I think I explain it. And I, I did a keynote recently and I actually said to everybody, I said, ladies and gentlemen, you are now in my world of weirdness because in my world of weirdness, everything's normal. <laughs> and they, they, they actually were really appreciative of it because everybody was like a little bit on the woo-woo side anyway. Um, so I guess I just, if I, if I approach everything in a normal way, in a normal context to anyone walking across the street, then it will give them an understanding that it is okay, this stuff really does happen. And I guess when I talk about astral travel, um, when it comes to explaining someone, I say, you know what, we all do it when we're, when we're consciously going to sleep. And that sudden jolt, you're, what you're doing is you're actually just pulling your soul back into your body and stopping yourself. You're just in a conscious space, pulling that because you know consciously you're about to leave. 
um, and they go, oh, is that the way it happens? So there's, a, there's often these understanding from people where they go, oh. And for me, I love teaching. Um, and in many, many ways, I think because I can break it down into, because I've trained as a teacher, mm -hmm. I, I've break, broken it down into bite-sized chunks. People can understand it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So for me, I try and make everything normal. Because if I don't, hmm. then people might think I'm absolutely cuckoo crazy, which I am really. <laughs> <laughs> I speak to dead people. How can you not be crazy? <laughs> yeah. We're all probably crazy to an extent, but that's, know, that's definitely know, out know, there. That's definitely out there. It is. <laughs> so I'll bring us back onto track a little bit. What were your aspirations? Uh, what was your, because I mean, it's clear what's happened since 2004. Mm. But what happened before that? What were your aspirations and where did your career take you? So my aspirations was actually to be a teacher. A teacher? Yeah, believe it or not, a high school teacher. <laughs> okay. I hate kids. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> I have two of them. No, I'm fine. I actually love children. And um, it, it's funny because I joke about the fact I hate kids. Um, I actually really love kids. And my next project, which I'm, I'm in the process of just formatting and, and, and working towards, has very much to do with children. It's really, really prominent with children. Mm. So I love, I do love children. I think, I think really we're at an age where we've got to teach the youngsters. Yeah. Uh, but my aspirations were, I wanted to teach. Um, from the age of 14, I was teaching. Um, I was teaching swimming at the age of 14. I qualified as a swimming instructor. Um, then I used to teach gymnastics. I was very much a PE teacher. I wanted to teach PE. Uh, that's what I went to university for. Didn't finish my degree. Because um, then I realized I just didn't want to teach kids in a school. I think it was a school system mm. I didn't want to be in. And I remember at university, my, my tutor there, she said to me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to teach teachers how to teach. And seriously, that's what I wanted to do. And where those words came out of my mouth, I don't know. And I was a singer as well in London. You know, I was a Butlin's red coat. I was an actual Butlin's red coat. So I've kind of done everything. Okay, yeah. So I was a Butlin's red coat. I was a teacher. I, I sold aerospace fasteners. But I never really had any, I didn't really know where I was going. I just knew I wanted to teach. I knew I wanted to educate people. And I knew I wanted to speak in front of people. Hmm. And I knew that I always needed to be on stage in some capacity. And even my dad will tell you, oh my God, you were just meant for stage because the singing, the dancing, all of that stuff. But I just didn't know where it formulated and where I needed to go with it. Um, and it was only when this came along. And to be honest with you, I'd even been offered big stuff in music, but I just didn't, I didn't follow that because it was my passion. And this is, in, this is important, this is what I told my son now. My passion, I didn't want to become a job. And I didn't want my my job to be something that I was once passionate about. Mm -hmm. And so now I use my singing, my music as my passion to inspire me. And so I wanted to find something that was meaningful. I wanted to be a nun when I was young because I knew I had a calling. You know, I remember walking to school going, I'm going to be a nun. And my friends looking at me and going, you're not even Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and because I knew I had a calling. I just didn't know what it was. And so hmm. my aspirations were really just to teach mm -hmm. and to help people. Um, I just didn't know how. Mm -hmm. And I guess life formulated itself, really. Life yeah. had a plan for me. I didn't have a plan for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so at what point then did that intersect with 
you know, being a medium or psychic? And when did that become your primary path? It never became my primary path because um, what happened is I was in an awful relationship, awful, awful relationship. It always revolves around relationships mm. with me. Um, <laughs> they're either great or they're terrible. And I was in one of the, I, you know, I was in a bad relationship. And I remember being, I was up in the Lake District. I lived in the Lake District. And my friend lived in Stratford-upon-Avon. And she said to me, um, we were talking about, you know, I was going to get married. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Da, da, da. I was in this, like, what do I do stage? And she said, and out of the blue, she said, I'm having terrible trouble with, you know, she mentioned his name. And I suddenly went, he's cheating on you. It's for the girl called Lisa. It's not me. And, and then I said, um, there's something. This has happened. This has happened. This has happened. And I keep seeing two. Oh, anyway, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks later, she called me up and she said, Lisa, she said, he is cheating with a girl called Lisa. And they met exactly where you said. And at that point, it had been going on two weeks. So I left, subsequently left the relationship ship that I was in and moved back home, which was just not far from Stratford. And went out and she and she's a hairdresser, right? Okay. And I still know her to this day. And she said, by the way, I've told someone about the stuff that you gave me and someone wants a reading. I went, I don't do readings. Oh my God, I don't do readings. I my grandmother did readings, I do not. And uh, she said, oh, you do, and you charge 20 pound, and you're going out next week, and I've booked it for Saturday at 10. <laughs> I freaked out. So before I knew it, I was doing this reading, sitting here much like we are. And before, and I was like, this is just, this is just ludicrous. And it was the most painful, excruciating two hours of my life. Because I tried and tried and tried, never trained in it and done anything. I still haven't trained in it, but um, but it was two hours of excruciating pain because I'd actually got everything out that I need to say in 20 minutes. And I thought I needed to give so much more. And so there was a lot of an educating side to it. But it was amazing. And then she told a friend and then someone else told a friend and someone else told a friend. And before I knew it, I had a clientele of six months. But I was still working in the day. I was okay. in sales. So, and then I became a single mom and then something, and something had to give and I ended up losing my job and I just said, oh, you know what, we'll see what happens. And so it was the October that I lost my job and I was due to start another job in, in a school, ironically, hmm. in the January and I thought, I'll just pull all my readings into that space, let's see, who's going to want to take a day off work and go and see a psychic is what my <laughs> mind was. And it was a friend of mine down in Leeds and he actually said to me, Lisa, people will do it. He said, you'd be surprised. And I went, no. He said, try it and prove me wrong. Well, I never started that job in January. Really? I never went and that's what I've been doing ever since. And so for me, I was just playing with it. I was a single mom and needed extra money. Um, and then, it, and then it really, again, even at that point, I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that all the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was really until I had the opportunity to go to America that it became my vocation, that it became, mm. it became something it is now. Mm -hmm. Because speaking to dead people is great. I love doing my readings, don't get me wrong. I love connecting on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I love connecting with the audience. But... It wasn't reaching the people. It wasn't changing lives. It was changing one person's lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. It wasn't changing multiple lives. Mm -hmm. And I always knew there was something more. And it's really only since I went to America 
that I went, this is it. This is it. And I think, and I've got chills as I talk about it because it's only been in the last 14 years that it's formulated into where I need it to go now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So before I was, I guess I was playing at it. I was like, it was, it was, it never really felt like it was my true thing. Now, now I know it is. Yeah. So did you ever envisage that you would become, I mean, I don't really like the word, but famous or, because I mean, you've been on some of these, I mean, they're, huge, huge <laughs> talk shows, <laughs> yeah. like crazy big. Yeah. Was that ever part of the plan? So here's the funny thing. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I used to practice my signature. Don't ask <laughs> me why, maybe, I, maybe I'm psychic. <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm psychic. But I used to practice my signature, which was so weird. Um, but I never, I never wanted to be famous in that respect. Otherwise I'd have followed that that uh, musical option that I had. Mm. But I never wanted to be, I guess famous is the wrong word, and you use, and I understand that, because in my world, I guess I'm a kind of an A-lister in that, mm -hmm. in that mm -hmm. world. Um, but in many ways, I knew I had a message. I knew I had a purpose, I knew I had a reason. Did I expect the, the, the it, it blowing up in the way that it did? No. Mm -hmm. No, I, I mean, I was getting recognized before I was even on TV because people were like, oh my God, you're in that commercial. I'm like, who are you? And how do you know my name? And I was really freaky. Um, but it was incredible. I mean, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm mm -hmm. very, very blessed. And I, I love it. I love, I guess it's not, you know what I love more is your book changed my life. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. When I hear that, then I know I've done my job. Mm. Being recognized for the person being speaking to dead people is great. Oh my God, you're that person on TV. Not a problem, I love that. But I have to thank you for your book that you wrote, it changed my life. Yeah. I have to thank you for giving me the tools to now start me off on my mediumship. Thank you for being my inspiration. That is the stuff that touches me. Oh, hmm. just that. gets me. Yeah. yeah. In what way then is the work that you do today now different from then? You know, in what way has it evolved? I'm older. <laughs> I'm older. I'm wiser. I don't know about wiser. I think back then, if I look back to 13 years ago, I've been doing this 20 something years yeah. now. If I look back, I've realized that my knowledge and my wisdom and my understanding of the work is much more, it, it's, it's on this level that is beyond. Hmm. Um, when I look at the old stuff that I used to teach and how, because I look back, I always think it's important to look back and just to see where you are and where you've got to and evolved. So when I look back at the old stuff that I was teaching, the old stuff that I was writing, I was like, you do not know half the stuff that you know now. And so I guess for me, I've got a little bit more in depth. I've got a little bit more detailed. I've got a little bit more wiser. I'm now able to explain it. Mm -hmm. And so now when I am standing in front of groups, I can now break it down. Now I feel like I, I, I can stand on the stage and do a keynote speak and not have to worry about mm -hmm screwing it up and defaulting to let's speak to dead people shall we because it's my default <laughs> um i feel like i can completely own where i'm at because i have so much more knowledge understanding because i've done so much more 
I guess, work on myself as well. And I think that's part of it is a lot of people come into the spiritual industry and they and I have to call it an industry because it is now, mm -hmm. but people come into the spiritual work and I can speak to dead people, let me help you, let me help you, but you have to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. And I have done so much work on myself. You know, I, I joined that whole Ameriki, American thing, let's go to therapy, right? So I went to therapy. I've had thousands of dollars of therapy, but it has helped me understand who I am, what I want, is to help me understand my journey. I have got deep into the soul level. I'm a happy person, mm. and I can actually now see how I've evolved. And so working on yourself is an integral part of mediumship and psychic worker and being that inspiration to others. Mm -hmm. It's an integral part. Mm -hmm. There's so many potential questions I could ask at this ask stage. Away. Sort of I'm, I'm all yours. Where to where to go with it? But so I mean, you know, I'll start with this one, and then we can see where we go. Uh, a lot of people think of Earth as it being a sort of Earth school, as a means to trying mm. to learn and evolve and heal mm. to then ascend the levels of mm. whatever it is mm -hmm. that we're 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 doing. Yeah, you yeah, know, whatever yeah, the spirit yeah. is trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, do you think that you've come here for a specific purpose and uh, in what ways have, are you intended to heal or improve yourself in this lifetime? Okay, so <laughs> I might have to ask, let, let's break that yeah. down. Um, absolutely, I am definitely here for a purpose. Um, and I know that because I've done some past life regression. Okay. And I knew that in a past life I committed suicide. And I knew in my past life that I had to teach people about compassion, about understanding about life and about the other side. And I knew, and I also remember my life between lives. So I remember the, what it's like in the spirit world. And I always did as a child. I always remembered, hey, you know, before I, before I came back here, this is what happened. And I knew what it was like to speak to God. Um, which is why I, my new book, Divine Wisdom, I channeled. It was all channeled information. None of that, let me correct that. Five, ten percent of it is my words. The rest of it is not. And it was like that in Survivor of the Soul. I would say probably 80% were my words, 20%, and then I just morphed it and turned it. So, do I think I'm here for a purpose? Absolutely. Okay, there is no sh we're all here for a purpose. But I feel like some people's purposes are greater than others. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I think my purpose, and I I'll not think I feel my purpose, is to help people heal, help people grow, help people understand themselves, and to help people realize that there is more to life than this earthly plane. That we have so much that we have to do on this earth plane. And now I feel my purpose is morphing slowly. I think we all have purposes in life, so it's plural. So my purpose, I feel as though it's changing somewhat, but for me, if you can, if, if you can find your purpose, it's incredible because you can then work from the heart. When you're not finding your purpose, you come from here. Mm -hmm. And if you've got your purpose, you come from here. So I look at it. What was your second part of your question? Because my brain, <laughs> brain just I'm, I'm sort of blown away by the answer. <laughs> um, it, it was to do with the, you talk about the earth, 
plane, I think mm -hmm. you referred to it as. Yeah. So what are the other planes and where are they and how do you access them? So for me, <laughs> I think the earth plane is, you know, the earth plane is very dense, you know, the earth plane is very dense and I've learned a lot through my trance work. So I do, a, I'm a trance medium. Not many people know that. Most people want to shy away from it because it's like, oh my God, she's now this other person. So when I trance into Josiah or I trance into Anu, I become a man. And I may not, I may physically still look like a woman, but my face changes shape and suddenly seriously? I'm, yeah, seriously, it's quite crazy. And I, I speak in a different accent. Um, and the philosophy that comes through is absolutely unbelievable. And the philosophy that I've learned from the higher realms is the fact that we're continually evolving. There are different planes, different levels, different dimensions. Suicide, people, those people who have murdered, all of the stuff that people look at and go, oh my God, and shy away and sweep under the rug, um, really, really are dealt with over there, you know? Um, there's no differentiation and every plane can access each other's plane and it's quite it's quite fluid and it's just a place of beauty i had a near-death experience that started me off on that journey of just you know looking at it and the planes are very incredible and i write about it in survival of the soul but again it was my early work so when i go back into my knowledge now i have so much more knowledge than what i wrote in that book Yet that book is very layman's terms of helping people when they've lost someone. Mm -hmm. But this stuff, which is the reason why I've gone into, I guess, divine wisdom, is really the wisdom that comes from the divine. It's the knowledge knowing that we're always transforming in life. It knows that we're, when we transcend into a spirit world, that we can communicate with our loved ones. It's easy to communicate with our loved ones. We also communicate with other people that we have lost. And so we are interdimensional. Um, it's, it's so, the word I have to use is beautiful. Hmm. It's so, just so, um, incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. the spirit world, the spirit connection. Um, and it can be the dog, you know, coming through. It can be a higher guide. It can be an ascended master. It can be an elder. It could be whoever it is. It makes no difference. But there's so many realms that we can connect with if only we open ourselves up into it. And you have to choose your realm. And as I say to my students, nothing's linear. Mm -hmm. It's actually, nothing's linear. It's all like this sphere. It's ever flowing and moving. But if I want to communicate with dead people, I'm not going to hit the realm of the philosophy of the elders. So I do that in a totally different channel. So, you know, it's, it's about putting, setting the intention for the channels that you're going to connect with. Wow. And I've only learned that through my trance work as well, which is it's powerful. And again, through my teaching. So in some granularity then, I mean, by what means do you connect with other realms, the spiritual realm? How do you actually do it? So it's a great question. It's a really great question. So let's talk my psychic side. Mm -hmm. My psychic side, I can read your energy. I can read your aura. I can just connect in. It's like a boom, 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 and just off, off you go. It's, it's like a second nature to me. Okay. It's like an accountant looking at, you know, some figures where I'm like, that's all jargon to me. He's like, you know, and he knows it's like a trained eye. For communication with the spirit, I set an intention. So I always set an intention and say, ask for my spirit guides, my angels and loved ones to come forward, help me connect from this sort to the next. 
I asked for the information to come through clearly, concisely, and accurately in the way that the person like Elliot can understand. And, um, and that's just really opening and setting the intention because I've said I want the information clear, concise, and accurate in the way that you can understand. I don't need to understand it. I don't mm -hmm. care. You need to. <laughs> so I've set that intention. Now, when I go up into the guide level, so that's when I connect in my, with my guides. If I set that intention that with my guides, that intention's not going to work because reality is, is I don't want the information to come clearly, concisely, and accurately in the work for you to understand mm -hmm. because actually it's not our filter. Our ego is saying to us, um, we have to understand it. And really, our reality is, is our soul needs to understand it. So mm. I connect with my, I connect with my guide. When I connect with the ascended masters, or or if I connect on a higher realm, or to, you know, the divine, whatever you want to call it, God, whatever mm -hmm. the bigger word is, mm -hmm. or to my elders, I I then slip into a trance, trance-like state. So I ask for the, them to come in, even when I'm writing, even when I'm doing my divine wisdom, I'm like, okay, just use my body. And I will literally just, my hand, I can hold a hot, full-on conversation with you and, and write. And it will just, it's like a download. What? And it's, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. <laughs> and it's like I go into this altered state. Yeah. Um, and not many people, you know, people are used to seeing Lisa Williams as the medium. They don't want to see this like weird, you know, my eyes don't roll in the back of my head like Whoopi Goldberg, it's fine. But it's, it's you know, from, it's, it's a very weird thing. It's not in the mainstream norm. So, of course, mm -hmm. I, I have to make it change. But, I mean, it's powerful. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a different level that I go to. And it, it's, it's humbling. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the word that I have to use. It's very humbling. Um, and I say to my students, who do you want to serve? Do you want to serve spirit or do you want to serve the person? Because reality is it's if I'm serving the person, and this is how I work now, is naturally my work is going to heal. Naturally. However you look at, whoever it's going to touch is going to heal. Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried about that. That's a byproduct. Mm -hmm. If I'm serving the person, I'm serving an ego because I'm serving what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. But you may want to maneuver it into a certain topic, but that may not be what you need to hear. Your soul needs something else because we are just really the shell of our soul in that respect. Yes, yeah. And so if I'm serving spirit, when I'm serving spirit, spirit is going to give me everything that you need. The reason is because spirit knows you better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. And so when I serve spirit, I'm serving your deeper self. I'm serving your higher person. I'm serving your soul. And I, as a byproduct, I'm doing the healing too. Mm -hmm. So when someone comes into that, let me serve the person, you're serving the ego. Yeah. And that's where my work has changed and morphed mm -hmm. because... A lot of people in mediumship, they go, I want to know his name, his date of birth, his address. I want to know this, this, this. And I'm like, no, because you know that. You know that. I don't need to know that. Mm -hmm. As long as I get a couple of attributes and a little bit of evidence to make you realize, hey, your grandfather, you know, loved trains and blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly you're like, yeah, that was my granddad. Now let me bring in the, his energy. Now let me help you feel what it's like for me to connect. Mm -hmm. 
because that is powerful. Mm -hmm. That is more powerful than me just spouting off bullet points. Your grandfather was a train driver. He loved looking at the trains. He has this. (laughs) He has a little train set upstairs in the attic uh, or in the loft. And he has this book that you had as a child. That stuff's great. Mm -hmm. Very Mm -hmm. highly evidential. Doesn't mean I've got him. It means I can be a damn good psychic and pull Mm -hmm. off what you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's the reason why I do it. So, so, so who or what is your spirit then? It's me. It's my soul. So, but, my, but it doesn't take the form of Lisa in an, another realm, if you know what I mean. So, who well, is when, it? when I go, yeah. So, what is it in its purest form? So, okay. So, when I trance and I channel, I allow another soul to come in, but I'm still, I guess, somewhat attached. My conscious mind is still attached, but when I, I access the soul. Mm-hmm. The accessing of the soul is really who I am at a core level. Yeah. <laughs> um, some people want to call it the inner child. Some people want to call it the little girl. You know, it's who I am at a level. It's my my purpose, my passions, what I'm supposed to be here for. You know, it's all of that rolled into one. It's the kindness, the goodness, all of that. I have an ego. People piss me off. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that, but people do. (laughs) That ego part of me is not my core Mm -hmm. because my core comes to, my core is how can I help? How can I serve? What is it about? And that is where the core lies. Mm -hmm. And not enough people access their core. Mm -hmm. Not enough people access that part of them because then they realize, oh, I got to do some work on myself. Ew, that stuff sucks. People don't want to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's where I think I, I come in. That's where I know I work from. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so how do people then tap into that and how do they stay attuned to it without, you know, coming back into an ego state? We're all going to come into an ego state. Yeah, I know. I Let's know. face yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, the ego state, as soon as I walk out of this door with you, is, you know, I'm going sightseeing. So my ego state is going to be, let's, let's pay for things. Let me get there. Oh, that looks pretty. Yeah. That looks this. That's my ego state. We have to live in that ego world, naturally. Mm-hmm. But it's the quiet moments that we have. Our, our soul is our thoughts. It's our energy. It's everything that just crops up in that quiet time. You know, when you're lying in bed and you're going, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, I wonder what life would be like that. That's our core state. And we can access it if we want to. Now, some people can access it so quickly. Some people struggle with it because they can't get out of this. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they've got the, the, they, come, they live in this cerebral cortex where they're having to continually understand, you know, life. They're continually having to put you know, lawyers, bankers, all of these things, mm-hmm. doctors, they live in the cerebral cortex because what they're doing is they're having to constantly think, 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 think. I come from the limbic brain where I'm continually in that emotional state. Women are anyway. <laughs> we have those hormones. We have that type of thing going on, but which sucks. However, when we're in that brain, that part of our brain, uh, in that emotional feeling, we can actually hit that that sense and it's really some people struggle with it and I understand that some people struggle with it but it when we can connect into our soul, our core being 
through meditation, through music, through art, through through what we do, what used to obviously be called our right brain thinking. But when we can connect into that moment of that connection of and be creative and be expressive, mm. then that's that's key. That's so key. Unless we come from our gator mm -hmm. brain, our gator brain being the, the amygdala that's like, no, 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 you can't do that. No. And I see it a lot. My son works in the supermarket and you know, he's like, Mom, all I see is parents just go, no, no, no. And, <laughs> yeah. he, and he's like, they're gator brains, you know, because reptiles have like a small brain and it's gator, it's fight or flight. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. that's the reason why I call it the gator brain. <laughs> um, he's like, Mom, they're constantly saying that. I went, because they're not going into the feeling or they're not thinking things through. Mm -hmm. And I said, so what people do, and certainly in this day and age, is I found that we react to so many things. We are... And this is getting quite deep, actually, but this is what I've understood. And it's just my philosophy. It doesn't mean it's anybody else's. But my philosophy is, is that we're really in, this, in, a, in a struggling world in society. Our society is struggling. And so we're in that fight or flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. And in that fight or flight situation that we're in, we're reacting from our amygdala, our mm -hmm. gator brain going, okay, do I fight or do I flight? And that's what's happening. And then you get the people that search. But sometimes we react, and we react, and we overreact. And so, and it's funny because I've just done a lot of creative problem solving, and I'm kind of morphing my work into because because of something that I did recently. But it, it's we fight or flight, and when we get into that fight or flight mechanism, I think a lot of people are struggling with this world right now mm -hmm. because society changes, political changes, all of this, you know, just global changes. What we're doing is we're reacting as opposed to dealing with and feeling. Yeah. Because too many people can't deal with the feelings. Mm -hmm. And certainly kids, certainly youngsters, and this is where my, my work I want to morph into, because the kids are struggling in this world now. They, they, they're coming and they're fight or flighting. Mm -hmm. because the world is so heavy, it's so dense. Mm -hmm. All of these souls are being born. They're being born with so much intelligence, knowledge, spiritual growth already there mm -hmm. that they can't deal. And so they're either shipping out or turning to drugs or they're, thankfully, they've got parents who have helped them. Um, and I'm not, I'm, listen, I'm not saying that every parent has got a, got a drug problem or a potential sure. suicide child on their mm -hmm. hands. But we have a very, very big, oh, <laughs> we have a very, very big population of, of kids who are struggling in this world because they are, they don't, they don't have the tools to cope. Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to go now because I realize yeah. And it goes back to that song, um, Whitney Houston originally sang it, but I believe the children are our future, teach them well and let them lead the way. Mm -hmm. I'm now concerned that when I get into my 70s, that the children of today are going to be leading my life mm -hmm. and ruling my life. Mm -hmm. And if I don't help them change right now, and I get chills every time I talk about it, but if I don't help them change mm -hmm. and give, help give them the tools, mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna worry about where we're going as a society because we've got more spiritually gifted children on our hands now and they don't know how to cope. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm a fabulous teacher, all mm. right? That's not ego. 
-hmm. I have taught thousands and thousands of students around the world and I know I am good. And so my ego was saying, don't teach the kids, Lisa, you can't stand them, they drive you insane. <gasps> Where in reality, my purpose is, I know I've got to teach those kids. And my children have been my greatest gift. Mm -hmm. Where I now understand children because of my own too. All right. And so now I realize I have to use the tools that I've taken from teaching my own children into teaching other children. So therefore, these kids have a chance. Mm -hmm with mm -hmm. their spiritual gifts yeah. because they're being ignored hmm. and that's the morphing that's my next purpose hmm. so when i talk about purposes yeah that's my next purpose <laughs> yeah. that's awesome uh, one of my good friends shared an article recently that was written by vice so you can maybe take yeah. it with a pinch of salt but it was talking <laughs> about um the potential end of humanity mm. being in 2050 yeah you know which is is actually Kind of terrifying, yeah, it is. you know. Um, so, you know, what are some of the tools that you could provide these people in order to? I don't know what you would even call it. You know, um, waken spiritually. I guess. I think we have to define spirituality. Yeah. And I think <laughs> spirituality needs to be now broken down, because spirituality has been one of those words that's been thrown around, mm -hmm. left, right, and centre. And I, I get chills as I as I talk about it, but. I think spirituality has been thrown around so much in the last 10, 15 years that it became that real new buzzword. Mm -hmm. Now we have to break it down even more. Spirituality is not just spiritual work because spirituality, there was a decision between religion and spirituality. Now where I live, I live in a very I guess underprivileged area in the US. Um, it was by choice I lived there. I lived in LA and because my son came home from school one day and said, Mom, for my 16th birthday, I want a Ferrari. I went, we're leaving. <laughs> and so I took him to a place that were, I wouldn't say underprivileged. It just isn't LA. Mm -hmm. It's Western New York, not far from um, Niagara Falls, but it's, Real people. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I wanted him to have a real life. Mm -hmm. And I made him do that. And it's made me understand where people are. Because living in LA was great, but you only saw people at things on a superficial level. Yeah. So <laughs> now I see that I've got to break down what spirituality is, how spirituality can affect, and really understand the gifts of t children. Because we're, being, we're having children born with incredible healing gifts, incredible, powerful m miracle makers, communicators of, of the afterlife. We have got communicators of this life. We've got communicators of this different dimensions. Mm -hmm. And the energy, energy workers, and it's becoming so powerful that they can't deal with the density of the energy in the earth. And so therefore, I know that I've got to help them. Not, I can't do it all. Mm -hmm. I want to create a network. And this only came about last week. So you're the first person <laughs> for me to talk about. 
<laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I did this through a creative processing <coughs> that, that, you know, I, I literally, they said, an ego was talking. He's like, I said, I want my spiritual development school to be the best, the, the world's leading online school. And through this creative problem solving with dots and post-its, which I joke about, I fell to my knees. And I physically fell to my knees in tears. And I sat there and Dr. Firestein came over and he said, and I, I know him as a person. And he said, are you okay? And I looked at him and he grabbed me and he hugged me. And I'm getting emotional, I was just thinking about it. And I said, he, I, said, he said, I said to him, I said, you asked me to think big on this problem. And I went, this is huge. And he, looked, he said, explain it to me, Lisa. And I said, there's nothing for children. They don't know what spirituality is. Mm -hmm. They don't understand the books that I have written and other people have written because it's all text. All they understand now is graphics. And I said, social media is something that I in my 40 years, do not want to deal with, but that's all they deal with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I said, and this, 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 this. And he looked at me and he went, okay, so let's break this down. How are you going to do it? And I looked and I went, my own kids. And I've realized that I've got to pull in the resources that I have for my own children. My son is a graphic artist who can create all of this stuff. And I realized it was so much more. And I sat my children down before I left for England and I said, I have to ask you to help me. And they're like, how? And I said, Kaylee, Kaylee's my daughter. I didn't biologically pop her out, but I, I took her on when she was 14. Her mum died. So I have legal guardianship of her. She's now 16 and a bit. I said, I want to tell you a story. Because there's no one for children, nowhere for children to go who've lost a parent. And she looked at me and she said, you're right. And I said, and your dad is in the army. There's no one for military to go. Mm -hmm. And she said, you're right. And she hugged me. She was like, oh my God. And I said to my son, I went, and you have wanted to end your life so many times because you're highly sensitive and never known where you fit. And he said, yeah. And I said, and the times that you cut yourself, because my son used to cut himself, because he just couldn't, living in society was too hard for him. Mm. And I said, and you're cutting, was your cry for help. And thankfully you have a parent who understands that, mm -hmm. but not every parent understands their children. So mm -hmm. I have to have someone that can educate the children and I can educate the parents. And so that's where it's morphing because there has mm -hmm. to be that collaboration now. Um, and I can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna have to call on, I'm gonna call some favors in. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna mm -hmm. have to call on some favors. but. I think globally and united, we can actually help younger people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it's the youth of today that are struggling, that are going to be leading us into society when we're older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what does the word spirituality mean to you? It doesn't. <laughs> um, this has only been a recent thing because I talk about spirituality all the time. And so anyone who's listened to this who knows me will be like, but she talks about spirituality all the time. This has only changed in the last month. Well, probably the last two months. Because I sat back and we were, we were again, we were in a, a problem solving, create a strategic thinking. So I was in part of a 
a big organize well in, in part of a community where I live called Lilydale, which is a big spiritual community. And we were talking about what spiritual spirituality and spiritualism is. And I went, people throw around that word. There was myself and another girl, Sarah, and we both said, and we were probably one of the younger people there. And we said, people throw around the word spiritual all the time, but mm. they talk about compassion, they talk about love, they talk about this. Yet, those people are not spiritual. Because mm. I have been in the brunt of awful, awful stuff, you know, finger pointing, name calling, all of that, from what is supposed to be a spiritual. And yeah. I went, spirituality is a phrase that makes people good makes people feel good. But in reality, you either live it or you speak it. Mm -hmm. And it's living it is different. So that's why I think we've got to now start defining what spirituality really is and the facets of it. What do you think they are? <laughs> well, I, think, I think a lot of it is love. Yeah. Love, compassion, kindness, mm -hmm. loyalty. It's coming back into belief. It's trusting what you believe and speaking your truth. Though that is what spirituality is. Mm. It's just that no one has wanted to hear someone's truth when it doesn't align with what you believe. Yeah, yeah. And so no one wants to talk about love because they don't know how to love. And you don't love from your heart because your heart pumps the blood around your body. You love from the soul. So, you know, I've started to look at it. I've started to really analyze it in the last two months. And I guess my work has changed. It's morphing slowly because I sat and I started to talk about what well, we love from our heart. And I'm like, hold on, our heart, our physical organ pumps the blood around our body. We love from our center of our core. <laughs> yeah. That's where we love. We yeah. don't love, we might love from the heart space. Uh -huh. But reality is, is that heart space is the center of our core, a center of our being. And that's where, that's why I feel like we need to break it now down into loyalty, trusting, speaking our truth, everything else, uh -huh. which all of these other people speak about and I speak about, but yet we encompass it in the world and, and in the word of spirituality. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. We're getting deep. Yeah, we getting are. Deep. Super deep. Absolutely <laughs> love, it. love it. Yeah, love it. yeah. It's, uh, absolutely. Yeah, Honestly, love it. I'm, I'm loving the conversation. Yeah. Oh, great. So good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to speak very often like this, so I, I love it. <laughs> so, I, I mean, are you an advocate or supporter of things like meditation or, you know, flotation tanks or Wim Hof breathing or, you know, ways of being able to, uh, yeah, access the, the, the core energy as opposed to... Oh. I think you have what, to be. What are your, what are some of your favorite techniques? Well, I'll tell you honestly, I don't, I don't meditate. Do you not meditate? I hate meditation. Seriously, oh God, it bores the hell out of me. Really? You know, honestly, and we had to. So it's oh, funny. So many people just talk. You know, I know. people in the spiritual realm, you know, or people, sorry, that uh, you know, identify as being spiritual, spiritual. people, or yeah. like, meditation is like your bread and butter. No. 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 <laughs> and you know what it is? Is like again, I break it down. I, I think mm. this is a teacher in me. Gosh, De Montfort University has a lot to answer for, <laughs> seriously. Um, but I break it down because I look at what is meditation. So meditation is breathing. So I break it down to our breath. So let's come down to our breath. Do I practice breath work? 
Absolutely. Mm. Do I practice yoga? Absolutely. Do I eat healthy? You have no idea. I'm as vegan as they come. I'm hardcore vegan. Hardcore. <laughs> I mean, oh, I am. Is that because you don't like killing animals or because you prefer vegan food? So let me, let's break it. So originally it was because I lost 75 pounds on being vegan. Whoa. Okay. Then I went back into eating some dairy and a little bit of fish. And then I went, no. And then I started to feel the animals. And then I changed all my products to cruelty free. I'm the person in boots that annoys everybody because I'm standing there and I'm on my phone on pet, uh, you know, the PETA or yeah, uh, whatever yeah, it is, Peter, yeah. uh, or, or organization. I'm like, is this brand this brand? Because not everything is vegan or not everything is cruelty free. Mm. And so I will only buy cruelty free products. I will, I'm a shoe freak, all right, I'm gonna tell you, but even now I'm morphing into mm. non-leather right, shoes. Okay. And so, and I put a pair of shoes on the other day. I thought, oh my God, these shoes feel like glove. And then the woman said, she said, it's real cow's, cow's hide. I took them off my feet. I said, thank you. She said, are you not going to get them? I went, no, they're a dead, they're a dead animal. And <sighs> she went, oh. And so I eat, now I'm vegan because, um, it used to be for the health benefits, but now it's for the animals. Now it's definitely. So, okay. but interestingly enough, I noticed that when I am clean, my body is clean, meaning, I mean, I read my, fr my friend jokes about it. She's like, I'm, I'm such a light when it comes to alcohol, I can't drink. So when I am clean eating mm. and I don't have any form of dairy products, and that includes honey, you know, I am, I am mm. clean, clean, clean. Um, my energy and my connection to spirit is beyond. It is unbelievable. Mm. And so, what I found is I found that the cleaner I am, the better I am. So it's just interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate for, um, you know, all the recycling and everything else, but vegan food. And I understand people, you know, they want to eat meat. I, I don't, my son is the biggest carnivore, you know, mm -hmm. and he'll be like, mom, mm, and I'm like, stead pig. <laughs> he had a name once, Percy, you know, and I, yeah. you know, and it's, it's, and I do that, but it's, it's funny, you know, but I'm, I'm absolutely okay. If someone wants to eat chicken, I'm fine. If someone wants, but I now have found that I can't walk into like Tesco's. I, I lovingly call it crazy Tesco's. <laughs> I can't walk into crazy Tesco's and I can't walk past the meat. It's so bizarre. Oh, jeez. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Oh. It's weird. It's just, it, it's just me. So. Yeah. I guess like maybe it, when you evolve to the higher levels of consciousness, you know, killing animals probably doesn't become something that you're in favour of perhaps. I'm not sure it's... I mean, listen, I'll quite happily sit there. I mean, I remember sitting there with Joe Dispenza when he's, he's, he's eating chicken, you know, yeah. it's fine. I mean, Joe Dispenza's like amazing. I've, I've got a funny story about Joe Dispenza. I? <laughs> I thought he I never met him and I thought we were at a Hay House convention and he turned up and I was waiting for my limo driver to turn up. I said, oh, are you taking on a, I said, are you taking us to the, I can do it. And so he often jokes about, I'm just Lisa's a limo driver. <laughs> <laughs> so funny! Oh my god, it happened years ago in Australia. It was hilarious. I had no idea who the who That's he hilarious. was. Um, oh and I'm like, oh my god, this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's such a great, great guy. We often sit there and talk about American football now because, uh, oh yeah, it's so funny. But um, you know, I don't. I, I think it's really is 
um, up to them. But when I break down that core and when I now I've started to work on that soul level, and because I think of the work that I've done with animals as well, I've done a lot of communication with animals, I can't do it. You know, it just doesn't work for me. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. And it's each to their own, you know? Yeah, of course. I am, I am really not, I'm not that, you need to be vegan. I am not that person. It's just a choice for me, mm -hmm. that's all. And it works for me, so yeah. Cool. Yeah. I really want to ask you actually about some of your online courses. You've got one called the Spiritual Advisor Course, which kind of seemed to speak to me. I was like, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. So what, what does that uh, entail? And yeah, some of the other, other courses as well. I mean, so the Spiritual Advisor is really someone who can help people grow another person in their life you know yes there's a spiritual advisor course that is hyphened psychic mm -hmm, hyphened mm -hmm. medium so you would help your training specifically as being a psychic or specifically as a medium but then we're doing one that is is encompassing it all so it really helps the healing benefits the you know the dietary how you know understanding listening I do a lot of listening techniques I do a lot of dialogue techniques and understanding you know the conscious listening mm. um, helping people just be that finding the goodness that they are, you know, and just finding what they need on a deeper level. So, um, you know, it really is a lot. It, it, it encompasses every every facet of that spiritual <laughs> yeah. word that will in accelerate someone's healing. So that's what it's about. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'll need to check that out at some stage for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come on down. Come on. Come and join it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I mentioned this to you earlier. You did an incredible YouTube video called Lisa Williams, The Journey to the Spirit World. Oh. And I was just like seriously blown away by the content in that. What do you think, or you probably know, but what happens when we die? It's a, it's a great question. <laughs> you know, when we die, we, we, I like to use the word death because death is a rebirth. Um, but in reality, it's a transition. Mm. We're just, it's like moving. We just transition from one place to the next. And so naturally when we, we pass over, we actually go through that white light. The white light is incredibly healing. It's so healing. It's so, you know, it, it just gets rid of all of the ego and everything else. And it comes, we come into that core place, that unconditional love, that heart center, that, that space of who we are. And then we're greeted by our loved ones. You know, we are greeted by our loved ones. And, and I always say that when, when we go over to the spirit world, we take a part of this human life with us. We naturally do. Right? But we just, our body just sheds like a, shake, a snake shedding their skin. But what we're doing is we're elevating ourselves into a totally different realm. We meet our loved ones. It's pure, unconditional love. We have to learn our lessons. So we're going to have to sit and review our life. We've got to review our life because we've got to review that spiritual side. We've got to review the hurt that we cause someone else. We have to learn, oh, this is a reason, this is our lesson. We want to learn our lesson on trust. And we, if we can learn those lessons here, we can actually accelerate so much quicker. And I teach a lot of people how to do that. But we learn what our lessons are. We see, you know, the common thread that 
is interwoven throughout our life. And then what we then do is we then heal from that. And then we can also help others on the earth plane. We can guide others and we can help them journey into the other planes and into the other things and do what they need to do. Um, I'm sure my guides are like going, oh my God, Lisa, seriously, again? You know, I'm sure they're like, geez. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like there, it's, it, and then we just elevate and elevate and we do healing. We, we heal our own traumas. We help other people heal. So there's so much that we do on such a deeper, deeper level in the worlds, in the realm of spirit, mm -hmm. um, which is really the realm of the soul, the soul realm, mm -hmm. because, you know, even when we can connect to our soul, we can still connect to spirit. It's, it's, it's interesting how it's like the underground network of souls. And that's what I talk about. Um, the other plane is, is amazing. It's just we just don't have the ego. We don't have the body. We're, we've shed of this earthly stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's pure and conditional love. That's spirituality. Yeah, That's yeah. spirit in mm -hmm. its own sense. Um, and then when we come back, we reincarnate, we still leave a DNA imprint over there. So that's where a medium can go boom, 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 boom. But, and this is what I do, is I check in, I go, that spirit's really not here. Did you have a granddaughter that was born recently? Yeah. So do you remember me telling you da, 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 and then, and they're like, oh my God, no wonder <laughs> she looks like my mom or whatever it is. So yeah. I can actually tell people when someone's reincarnated. It's quite remarkable. That's that's crazy. Yeah, it's re really remarkable. But the spirit world is just such a, a beautiful place where there's there's no hatred, there's no nothing. It is just pure love. Mm. Do yeah. you think our exit points from this world is predetermined? Oh, absolutely. Really? Um, and then the only reason why I say that is from some of the readings that I've done. Um, and I only know that through the readings I've done because I've seen where, hey, listen, they had an exit point. They had an exit point and that exit point happened four years ago but you know so i do think we have exit points and i do think they are predetermined but we can also make another contract up we can mm -hmm. also say to our guide listen you know i'm not ready to leave so and then we go again and mm -hmm. it's funny because this happened to me recently when um i turned around to chris my fiance and i said you know if i die tomorrow i'd die a very happy girl i'll die a very happy girl and knowing that I've had love, I'm happy, that I am just I'm so happy right now that I know that I've fulfilled everything. And then boom, this thing came out of the blue. And I went, I've obviously set up another contract that here I have another purpose. And it's, it's, it was quite remarkable. It, things like that, I analyze a lot of things and I, mm -hmm. just, I just like to break them down a little bit. So it's just mm -hmm. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> at this stage in the conversation I would normally ask what your purpose is you, you have sort of covered that but just to sort of summarise at this stage in your life what do you feel is your purpose if I had to summarise it I think my purpose is to help the people have the tools for them to navigate through life being the person that they need to be Mm. and helping them the, with the connections that they need to help them heal so therefore they can fulfill their own purpose. I think that's my quick summary. 
That's such a cool answer. Yeah. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Don't ask me to repeat it. Because <laughs> I have to think that through. Yeah. But it, it was, you know, and I, I just brought, I just had to think about that, just that whole purpose. Yeah, yeah. This is probably a, a more ego-based question, but what would you like your legacy to be? I guess that, really. Yeah. My, I, I would like my legacy to be, a couple of things, really. I'd like my legacy to be a um, person who helped raise the awareness of spiritualism, which is the religion of, of mediumship, I guess, or where it's come from. I would like people, I'd like to be recognised for that, but I'd also like to be recognised for the healing purpose of what spirit can bring. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't want to think about that. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. How do you define success? What does success look like to you, Lisa? Um, success, success is not money. Mm. It really isn't. And a lot of people look at me and they say, but you're successful. I'm like, no, I'm not because I haven't achieved my new purpose. That's success. <laughs> so I have achieved success as being a medium. I, because I'm good at a medium. I've, succeed is, I've succeeded as a, a successful psychic because I'm a good psychic. I've succeeded and I've successfully done as a teacher because I'm a good teacher and I know these things. Success is succeeding the best of your ability at what your purpose is. Hmm. And that's what I see success is. Yeah. And your purpose <laughs> may be to be an amazing mother. Mm -hmm. I did mm -hmm. not succeed at that all the time. I know that. I know <laughs> that for a fact. But success, it, you may, your, your role in earth may have been to be an amazing teacher or to be an amazing father or to be an amazing um, writer. And they've successfully done it. So success should be a constant thing that we strive for, not just because you've completed one thing. You should find success in everything that you do, yeah, even if it's just cooking a meal. Mm -hmm. So success and being successful is acknowledge the success that you have gotten to where you are. Hmm. Do you do you feel successful? Yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. I feel. I, in fact, I feel successful because it's interviews like this. So thank you for making me again see where I've been, mm -hmm. see the purpose, see the reality of where I'm at, and realizing that I have achieved where I needed to go at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I do think I'm successful. Yeah, yeah. I think you're successful yeah, thank for you. sure. Yeah. <laughs> God, I've got quite deep, really, which is very bizarre because I don't really talk very deeply. But um, and I, I like to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah. You know, I like to have a lot of fun in life. But um, yeah, it's not very often that you get conversations that spark this. Mm, so, yeah. mm -hmm. I mean, I you know, I personally love these types of conversations. I, I think they're I fabulous. I can't get enough of them. Yeah. Um, because a lot of the the interviews that you do, and not to disparage them, it's their flavour, but it's usually like, oh, tell me about the time that you connected with Princess Diana, Michael Jackson, Elvis Presley, Marilyn Monroe and Ray Charles. Yeah, yeah, 
yeah I mean it's like, <laughs> it's uh, like yeah and, and they're great because it feeds the ego exactly you know yes. and I did connect with all of those and they were remarkable stories and they're funny stories yeah um, especially when Princess Diana turns up on stage and I'm like <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit starstruck right now. And it just yeah. so happened her friend was in the audience, you know, and it was bizarre. But, um, and they, they feed the people's ego. They feed the people's need mm -hmm. to know about famous people. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think the, 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 the knowledge that we get, some people are thirsty for this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And it's these, it's these conversations that we have and the conversations that we do on keynotes and the conversations that we have when we're actually speaking in the big conventions that actually start questioning such as what is spiritual. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it starts us questioning all of that. Mm. So yeah. I mean, I certainly think a big part of why the world is in the condition that it currently is, is because people aren't having enough of these conversations. They're not. You know. They're not. And they're not watching them. Yeah. yeah. And they're not done. They're not, um, I guess they're not done in a way that um, people understand them either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you yeah. Know? You're younger than I am. And so therefore, I know a lot of people who are stepping into or ha are in the spiritual industry are 40 plus. But I know that you're younger, so you're attracting the younger generation. Mm -hmm. And then younger still, there'll be another person. And so I feel like we have to attract the, we have, we're, we're attractive to different types of people. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Do you think that's a vibrational or energy related thing? Or? I think it's an age thing. <laughs> an age thing, yeah. It's definitely an yeah. age thing, but I do think it's a it's a it's an understanding <laughs> thing. Because and I do think that I think, you know, I I attract young kid, youngsters um, because I vibe on their level and I, I'm actually I, I've been writing this book for a long time. Um, it's basically about soul families, soul connections, soul mates and everything. I've been writing for a long time. And I've realized that it's a lot like Harry Potter, okay? J.K. Rowling is incredible. Mm -hmm. So we've got these four families, these four houses that we talk about in Harry Potter. But in reality, we've got four soul groups too. And those four soul groups, there are some sort of opposing soul groups because you know you've walked into a room and you've gone I don't like you and I don't know why <laughs> it's because your soul is the opposing soul group so there's going to be spiritual uh, teachers and spiritual leaders within each soul group that some people go yeah they're great but I don't resonate mm -hmm. but some people go oh my god oh my god that person's the best thing since sliced bread yeah. because they resonate on that whole energy level and they're part of that soul tribe and yet they're really young. So I'm I'm 46, and yet I might have an 18-year-old go, oh my God, I love you because you resonate with me. <laughs> and I'm just part of their soul family. I'm, I'm in that soul connection yeah. where they might go to, let's say, Tyler Henry, who also does the same, which by the way, he's adorable. But Tyler Henry, who is like in his younger 20s, more their age, but because that person might be a different soul, and I don't relate to him, yeah. I get it. And that's okay because I think it's it's all part of it's all it's all energy. Yeah. But I do think age also has a lot to do with it as well sometimes. Yes. But it is. It, you're right. It's a, it's all energy. Mm -hmm. Whatever vibes, you know. Yeah. You jive and jive with your vibe. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you don't act like you're 46, and you definitely don't look it. So. Oh, well, I, I thank you. 
<laughs> I actually, and I think, I think you just got to stay young. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think too many people, I can look at people who are 46 and I'm like, oh my God, there's no way you're 46, you're like 66. <laughs> um, because they're just old, you know, their energy. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to keep young. I mean, my fiance is younger than me. And he'll often say, God, I just feel old. I'm like, that's because you act old, dude. I'm going to be <laughs> marrying an older man. This is not working for me. Right? But it's funny because we yeah. joke about it all the time. But you do, you've, got to, you've got to stay young. Um, mm -hmm. And I've learned that. And I, I'm just not that person to, to be young. Uh, to be old, I have to. I have to keep on moving. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? It was probably from Merv Griffin. Um, it was probably from Merv Griffin. And you know what he said? He said. He said several things i mean one that that guy was remarkable mm -hmm. um i didn't know who he was i had no idea who he was and many people in around in your age won't know who he was but he's the guy that discovered tom cruise whitney houston all of these big Jeez. big people mm -hmm. he was the jimmy kimmel of today mm. you know um but in a lot of ways Merv actually said to me, he said, stay humble and stay squeaky clean. Don't think I've done that, but that's okay. <laughs> he said, stay humble, speak your truth. And he said, and heal the world. He said, and that's what I see in you, Lisa, and that's why I want to create a TV show around you. And he gave me that. And my grandmother's piece of advice in my work was, and again, another a simple piece of advice was always trust your gut instinct it will never let you down hmm. so I guess the uh, um, and, and the other one was you know listen you know only push when your body wants to push when I was delivering my son that was probably the best piece of advice <laughs> I've ever had but um, that doesn't involve spirituality <laughs> yeah. of course but <laughs> those two those three pieces of advice are probably my best but truly, from Merv Griffin mm. and my grandmother um, were just amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing, yeah. Probably what you needed at that time you know, in your life as well, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely needed that at that time. Um, but I've always stuck with Merv because mm. he always said, never reject a hug, never reject an autograph, never reject a photograph. He said, because those people will keep you where you are. <laughs> And it's true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. Um, and it's it's powerful stuff. When mm -hmm. you can connect to people on that level, you're touching on a soul level. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> if you had the opportunity to speak to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Oh, God, don't do it. <laughs> um, so it's funny because obviously I have these conversations with my children. You know, mm -hmm. my daughter's 16 and my son is 19. And I guess my advice to them is to live from the heart. Live doing what you want to do. Live, and my, my, the best piece of advice I could say is treat people as you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Do what you want to do that serves your heart, serves your soul, serves your purpose, not necessarily your passion. Mm. Because 
as I've said before, your passion then becomes a job and then you're no longer passionate about it. Um, really, really live with that purpose and then you can't go far wrong. And don't force, don't live from here, live from here. Mm -hmm. And when an opportunity comes at you, don't live in fear. Don't go, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know whether I can do that. Mm -hmm. Just say yes and see where it takes you because that absolutely can change your life. Mm -hmm. I never wanted to live in America, never wanted to leave the UK, never. And I said yes to an opportunity and here I am now. It's changed my world. So always say yes and always take the risk that you're the most scared about mm. because that risk is gonna give you the biggest lesson in your life. Whether it turns out good or bad, it's going to give you the biggest lesson. And you are going to, as long as you change your life and you keep on striving, keep on striving, keep on striving, it, it, your life will be amazing. But only you have control. And step out of the box. <laughs> Don't yeah. in this box. Yeah. I don't know where you channeled that answer from, but that was, that was spectacular. Yeah, it's true though. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's true. So yeah. Jeez, that's not, not not even to you to my twenty year old self. I would just say that every day. I've, I've, <laughs> and it is every day. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm having this conversation with my son, and he's like, "Mom," and you know, he was worried about going to university, college, and and um, I said to him, "I said, don't go." And he went, "What?" Now, listen. Every every mother at this time in their son's life is like. College, 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 college. Hmm. You know, he's 19, he's graduating from school. He's a remarkable illustrator. His, his artwork is remarkable. He's been asked to illustrate so many books and he's turned them down. And I said, why? And he said, I'm passionate. He said, I know it's my passion. I said, okay. I said, is it your purpose? He said, no. Hmm. I said, well, that's your escape. Whenever something happens, you retreat to your drawing book. Whenever something happens, you retreat to your pencil. You are not Christian. Sorry, that's Christian's my brother. Because every time I'm in England, I was, it's really weird. You're not Charlie. They look alike as well. It's so funny. But you are, me and my mum always get them too mixed up. Because I'm seeing my brother next week. Um, but you are not Charlie unless you've got a pencil in your hand. And he said, yeah, and I, I said, what do you want to do? He said, I want to fight. I want to be an MMA fighter. I went, okay, wow. let's send you off to Thailand. Wow. <laughs> okay. And I mean, seriously, my parents say is that. Yeah. I said, you've got to give me a year. I said, you can do a year and do all of that. But in that year, you have to shadow a tattoo artist because that gift is not going to waste. <laughs> and he's like, but why? I said, just trust your mom. She's psychic. <laughs> 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 but I say, you've got to be happy. Mm. You've got to be happy. Yeah. And if that's what your purpose is right now, mm -hmm. be successful in your purpose. Be successful in that passion. Mm. Make sure you, that you can support yourself, mm -hmm. you know, but follow it. <laughs> follow your dream because I never knew what I wanted to be when I was 19. And at 19, I knew I wanted to teach, but I didn't know what. So I thought I had to go to college to train as a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I now teach so many people worldwide that I didn't even know what I wanted to do. So, you know, finding what you want to do at the age of 19 is very hard. Yeah, it is. So yeah, really? time, go and find your passion, go and find your purpose, go and do what you want to do. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Last question, big question. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? Oh gosh. 
You know, this is a hard question, but an easy answer. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything right now, and there's a reason. Because we are having to go through the difficulties that we're going through in life to again to appreciate where we're going and where we've come from. So when life changes, and it will change, and we are going to become a, a, a society of compassion and care again, and coming back to nature, I believe that we've, we will look back on these times and these political times, these climate changes, these global changes, and realise that where we've come from and how much we've changed. Because again, if we've given everything from a, on a silver platter, we're not going to see the goodness and we're going to get back into a situation where we're at now. Mm. Peace is probably the biggest thing. Mm. I, I am man marrying a guy who is in the US Ar Army and he has been deployed umpteen times mm -hmm. and could get deployed again. And so when I see when I see what that does, the PTSD in the world, the trauma, the anxiety, all of that, I naturally want peace, naturally. But I also know that we have to go through this to change our climate, to change our world. Mm -hmm. So on an ego level, I want to change peace, but on a soul level, I know that we're heading towards the right thing. So mm. there's we're going through the steps to get there. So does that help yeah, the, yeah, support yeah. the answer? Yeah, totally, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it would be peace. If I had a magic wand, bing, the world peace. Yeah. That would be nice. Yeah. I love that. Would be. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, Lisa, I just want to say an enormous thank you for, yeah. for being here, for coming here today. It's been just incredible speaking with you. I've loved every minute, seriously. I could have, I could <laughs> have chatted to him all day. Well, you'll need, to, you'll need to come back in that case and we can do it again. Yeah, but absolutely. It's been, I've, I've absolutely loved it. So oh, I just want you. to say a huge heartfelt thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, you're, you're a you know, beautiful soul. And, thank uh, you. Yeah, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Oh, I intend to. <laughs> thank you. Cheers. <laughs> You've been listening to Inspired Edinburgh. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe for more powerful conversations. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show and we'll see you at the next episode.